A recent article about gun control stated that after nearly 300 years, the only reason for the government to want to disarm the citizenry was because they planned to do something we'd shoot them for. The government says it's for your safety, but you see, pulling the teeth of the sheep for their safety will not make the wolves harmless. That's a reality that's hard to deny. But then reality is what we do. We're TNN, the Truth News Network. And here to sort out the madness is Dan Newman. Just at the top of the show, as a note about that Second Amendment stuff, Washington State yesterday became the 12th state to outlaw those evil weapons of mass destruction called AR-15 semi-automatic rifles, which, by the way, is like number four down the line of weapons that are used to kill people. But who cares about facts today, right? Facts don't matter in this United States of America. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TNN Live. We have a plethora of things to get into. You're going to hear from a lot of people that are weighing in on both sides of this Joe Biden running again. He's going to run for re-election. You're going to hear opinions from both sides of the aisle. Something, too, we're going to do today that we haven't done in a long, long time. We watch polls, but we don't talk about them very much. We're going to dig into some polling with numbers across the board. And listen, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to give you the numbers regarding things like Biden's approval, um, approval on the economy, on foreign policies, etc. A plethora, and we're going to, in each category, give you which polling agency is getting those numbers. Typically what happens in the news, if you're watching or listening to a leftist news media outlet, when they give you numbers, polling numbers, they're going to give you the numbers from the polling research groups that typically come out with leftist ideology built into their polling results. And some will say the exact same thing is true on the other side, the conservative side. We're going to just take about four or five minutes. We'll probably do it in our second half hour today and break down the latest polling on this president and the upcoming election. You don't want to miss that. You're going to hear from some people that are very knowledgeable about things that are going on. And uh, not just here in the United States, but as it pertains to the United States and how it's being perceived and acted upon by those in other countries. We're going to have a lesson today. Call this your, uh, let's call it your college political science class, okay? We're going to have some lessons. And I think you'll want to hang in if you have to leave the show at any time today. Make sure you come back later and get the whole thing because it is from top to bottom going to be information that you want to have access to. So I thought in the spirit of spring, no, we're not officially there yet, but we're close. And uh, what happens in the spring? All the outdoor sports, most, most outdoor sports are done for a while with the exception of uh, 
baseball. Take me out to the ball game. Swing, bada bada swing, bada bada swing, swing, bada bada swing, bada bada swing, yeah. Hey baby, do you come here often? Hey baby, now watch your sign. Hold on now, where you going? Jimmy's out, next in line. from Shangaloo, Louisiana. <laughs> Would you believe this? He was a really good football player at Louisiana Tech, a defensive end. Tim McGraw. I like that song. I'm not a huge country fan, but every once in a while, there's a song out there that just catches you. You know, it's like, wow, I like that. It's a change for us here at TNN Live, and let's talk about that for a moment. Change in media. Don't ever think that anything that happens in media, I'm talking about everything, top to bottom, television, radio, 
online streaming like this show, and then, of course, your cable news networks. Don't think anything that happens in media is just accidental. None of it ever is. And I want to tell you this. I want to warn you right now. There are some massive things that are going on behind what you see, hear, and read in media. I got probably six phone calls yesterday afternoon. You know this thing about Tucker Carlson leaving Fox News? You can book it Friday night when he signed off of his show. He said, I'll see you Monday morning. And then Monday morning, we're told he's leaving Fox News. $78 million in advertising revenue last year in 2022 came to Fox News just from Tucker Carlson's show. Wow, that's tough to believe, but it is factual. And just a week ago, Dan Bongino, he's gone. And it was over a contract dispute. We do still not know the details of why and what happened with Tucker's departure. Lots of postulations going on. Does it have anything to do with Fox News settling that massive lawsuit with Dominion Voting Systems last week. Nothing in media happens in a vacuum. Dominion Voting Systems, let me just tell you, this probably will be the last time on this show I talk about Dominion, and here's why. Three people, three people, besides Tucker, besides Dan Bongino, have been sued by Dominion Voting Systems. Why? You tell me why. Start asking questions about things. That's what we've taught you from the very beginning of TNN Live, Truth News Network. When something seems a little off or unexplainable, begin to ask questions. Why did Dominion voting machines, why did they do what they've done? Why are they doing what they did? And where is the power for the number one, by far, cable news network in American history, Fox News? Why are they playing into this? Let me just tell you this. When you have questions, follow the money. Follow the money. Where's the money? What, where do we go to follow? Check out who owns Fox News. And also check out the big stock purchases and sales regarding Fox News stock. Also, the big sales of stock in Dominion Voting Systems. The love of money is the root of all evil, but how do you control money? How do you control it? You control all the rules. And in media, that means you control all content. We've talked about one of the biggest, if not the biggest, investment firm on the planet, BlackRock. I've told you several times, if you ever have a question about what's going on in big corporations, see how much of those big corporations are owned 
by BlackRock. BlackRock owns a chunk of Dominion. BlackRock owns a chunk of Fox News. What did Tucker Carlson do after the 2020 election on air? Over and over and over again, he talked about Dominion voting systems. Much of what Tucker said on his show was included in that lawsuit by Dominion Voting Systems against Fox News. All of a sudden, Dan Bongino's gone. Dan Bongino, very vocal about alleged election engineering. I think that's the term he used. He's gone. Tucker Carlson, even though he's the number one revenue producer in Fox News, by far, he toppled Sean Hannity in that category years ago. He's gone. Why would Fox News do it, you tell me? It's not because of money. Not because of money. And who orchestrates stuff like this at a corporation like Fox News? All of those questions, I'm not going to give you the answers. You know why? It's important for you to do a little research and find out for yourself. You'll believe it if you see and if you hear it coming out of horses' mouths. Facts. Follow the money. (laughs) You're out there going, ooh, what's he talking about? What's going on? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff. And when something looks funny, it doesn't fit in, it's unexplainable, you can't come up with the cause and effect or the cause for the effect in something that happens, and it's an important situation to you, always go get the facts. If you don't know something, it doesn't mean you're stupid, especially if it's something that's important. Go find what it's about. Go find the facts. If you don't go find the facts on things that are important and you can't explain them and you just ignore them and keep trucking on, that means you're stupid. None of you are stupid. You wouldn't be here if you were stupid. So ask questions. That's important. But today, more important is getting the facts. Getting the facts. Hey, listen, Donald Trump came out yesterday after Biden announced his re-election bid. And it wasn't surprising to me that the former president pointed out some things that happened and are still happening in a Biden administration that wouldn't have happened and wouldn't be happening. And the things that were ahead facing, we wouldn't have to face those if Joe Biden wasn't president. That would mean Donald Trump was president. Here's the former president. You could take the five worst presidents in American history and put them together, and they would not have done the damage Joe Biden has done to our nation in just a few short years, not even close. Thanks to Joe Biden's socialist spending calamity, American families are being decimated by the worst inflation in half a century. Banks are failing, our currency is crashing, And the dollar will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat in over 200 years. 
Real wages have been falling 24 months in a row. In other words, under Biden, workers have gotten a pay cut each and every month for two straight years. We have surrendered our energy independence, just like we surrendered in Afghanistan, which we had just a short time ago. And the price of gasoline just hit a five-month high, and it's going much higher than that. Under my leadership, we had the most secure border in U.S. history by far. Never had a border like this. Under Biden, the southern border has been abolished, and millions of illegal aliens Protect, have make been sure that everyone into our country. communities. What's happening now is beyond belief. They're coming in from mental institutions and prisons. They're all being emptied. They're being dumped into the United States of America. Many of these people are very dangerous. They're being dumped. We're like a dumping ground. Our cities have been overrun with homelessness, drug addicts, and violent criminals who are being released from jail en masse with no retribution whatsoever, while law enforcement is weaponized against law-abiding conservatives or Republicans or people they just don't like. Our children are being indoctrinated and mutilated by left-wing freaks and zealots. The senior ranks of our military have gone completely woke, and our military is suffering greatly. Biden has totally humiliated our nation on the world stage, starting with the Afghanistan disaster. Perhaps the most embarrassing event in the history of our country, it meant so much to our enemies when they watched that horrible retreat. Russia is teaming up with China. Iran is days away from a nuclear bomb, not even thinkable. Ukraine has been devastated by an invasion that would never, ever have happened if I was president. And Joe Biden has led us to the very brink of World War III. They say Trump was right about everything. Well, I'm not predicting World War III, but I will say this. We're very close, and they're only talking about nuclear weapons. On top of it all, Biden is the most corrupt president in American history, and that's not even close. Nobody can believe what's going on, with, again, no retribution whatsoever. With such a calamitous and failed presidency, It is almost inconceivable that Biden would even think of running for re-election. You know what happened in the last election? They cheated and they rigged the election. But I promise you this, when I stand on that debate stage and compare our records, it will be radical Democrats' worst nightmare because there's never been a record as bad as they have. And our country has never been through so much. There has never been a greater contrast between two successive administrations in all of American history, ours being greatness and theirs being failure. With your support in the election, we will defeat Joe Biden in 2024. We will rescue our economy. We will crush inflation. We will stop the invasion on our southern border. We will restore our nation's dignity, and we will prevent World War III from happening. Together, we will all make America great again. Thank you. I don't need to analyze what you just heard. Every one of you have lived through all the things that he referenced there, either in the past or today, right now, today. 
is any of this going to happen? Is the former president, does he have a shot at winning? Still up in the air. That's to be determined. He mentioned when he gets on the stage and debates Joe Biden, the obvious differences will be obvious to us all. Joe Biden's not going to debate Donald Trump. And if you think he will, you're deluded. Why would he? He didn't do it the first time. I mean, he finally got up there, but he campaigned from the basement at his house in Delaware. Why would anything be different? Why would Joe Biden, his handlers, the people that are calling all the shots, why would they do anything different? Well, we would all, and we do all, hope that they would if they won. If you just joined us, I said at the top of the show, we don't normally get into the polling stuff. We're going to do that in a little bit, and I want you to hang around for it. We're going to analyze with facts, with numbers, polling on all of the things in government that are the most important things to you and your opinions, Americans' opinions. And it's not going to be one poll. In several different categories, we're going to give you the details of the polling that happened at the same time, and it comes from four or five different polling agencies. So you can get a sense on, is it factual or not? So we lived through four years of the Trump administration. We all know what Donald Trump did, not what he was alleged to do, not an insurrectionist, which he isn't and he wasn't. And still today, the left are pushing that for one purpose and one purpose only. They don't want Donald Trump back in Washington, D.C., and they are so committed to it that they're doing anything and everything they can to stop it. They impeached him twice. They've now got him indicted, and he's going through a criminal prosecution now. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. This has never happened before in world history. I'm going to do something I normally don't do. Yesterday, Joe Biden made his announcement. He didn't do it in person. He didn't come out on the stage. He didn't do it in an interview. He did it in a video because that was pretty much the only way he could get through it, cognitively declined as he is. But I'm I'm going to play that announcement again. I played it for you yesterday. I want you to listen, not so much to what he said he had done, the great things that he has done for the American people, and not so much about what he says he wants your vote, and if you reelect him, here's what we're going to do going forward. What he's done in the past is great accomplishments, and what he's going to do when we elect him again and he takes office for four more years, none of that does he say one word about. Here's Joe Biden. Freedom, personal freedom, is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red revolution. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. 
But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Dictating what healthcare decisions women can make. Banning books and telling people who they can love. All while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing us. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. What's the dog whistle of the left? You heard this president several times in what you just heard. As I told you, he didn't talk about his great accomplishments. There were and are none. He didn't talk about the great things he was going to do in the future. He went to war to save our democracy. He did everything he could do with executive orders, bypassing Congress, taking unilateral actions, sending money unilaterally to Ukraine, and we know where much of that money went did not go to Ukraine for the war effort. It went to Ukraine and was passed out to Vladimir Zelensky's henchmen. It wasn't just Dan Newman and Truth News Network talking about it. Newsweek, Time, they all published the details of that. hear any of that on... MSNBC or CNN or ABC, CBS, NBC News or the New York Times, the Washington Post. Nope, none of it. Why? They're in the tank. They're in the tank. That doesn't surprise us. You know, the one thing specific that Joe Biden said in that announcement about who opposes him in this upcoming election MAGA extremist. 
That's the dog whistle of the left going forward. If you are not a Democrat, you don't have to be a Republican to fall into that category as far as they're concerned, a MAGA extremist, if you disagree with them. If you simply don't agree with the policies and the things that this guy talked about, nobody believed he would do it beginning his first day in office. He began to rip this nation apart, its infrastructure at the seams, and inflation came in, government spending went through the roof, billions, hundreds of billions of dollars of waste, no explanation for it. How much of that money went to the American people, really went to the people of America? I'm getting text out of the wazoo this morning. I got one already from the West Coast. I've gotten several from the South. I've gotten about a half a dozen from up in the Northeast. Folks are upset. People are feeling uncomfortable about what we are seeing happen right now. Contrast what you heard from our president and what you heard from our previous president, who in his own way began to just roll out facts. Let me give you another fact. We talked yesterday about what's happening in Sudan and what this administration is doing regarding this war, this civil war in Sudan, and how many Americans are there, living there, working there, and the responsibility of any administration, American administration, to protect its citizens who are in foreign countries doing jobs, working, doing social work, all the things that will happen. What is the first responsibility of every president? To protect American citizens. The second American in Sudan was killed. Yesterday, the day before, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, he threw out that same nauseating explanation for why this administration bailed in Afghanistan and left hundreds of Americans there who they had already promised they were going to get them out before our military withdrew. Didn't happen. Many of those have been killed. Many of those are still in Afghanistan hiding. It's factual. Mainstream media won't talk about it. The dog whistle from D.C. prevents them from doing that. Antony Blinken had the kahunas to say, everybody over there that's an American that wants to get out, they're out. Nobody there. We contacted them all. We gave them a chance. We told them. We advised them. And we find out the same thing they said about Sudan is the same thing they said about Afghanistan. The second the second American citizen in just the last few days was killed in Sudan. But those two people, they didn't want out. They wanted to stay there and, you know, lose their lives. So how do you feel about what's going on in the leadership of this nation? Okay, yesterday, that's pretty recent polling, don't you think? 
Here's what Americans said. Reuters, a hard left news operation. Reuters yesterday polling about the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. Trump, this is Republican now. Trump, 49, DeSantis, 23, Pence, 6, Nikki Haley, 3, Tim Scott and Ramaswamy, 2, Christy, 0, Hutchison, former governor, 0, Christy Nome, Sununu, 1. Trump in that poll, the Reuters poll, yesterday is up 26 points. 26 What about CBS News? Okay, how about Biden job approval? Let's do Reuters, since we just did Reuters on the nomination for Republican. Reuters, presidential Biden job approval, approved 41%, disapproved 54%. More than half of the nation disapprove of Joe Biden as president. 13-point difference. CBS News, same thing. Approve, 41%. Disapprove, 59%. Disapprove, almost two-thirds of the nation disapprove of what this president is doing as president. How about NPR? Probably the furthest left. They did a poll yesterday in cahoots with PBS. (laughs) Approval of job by this president, 43% disapprove, 50%. Rasmussen, President Biden job approval, approved 49%, disapprove 50%. And then the direction of the country. Rasmussen, right direction, 37%. Wrong track, 58%. A 21-point spread, 21% more Americans think we are on the wrong track as a nation. Should I go on? (laughs) So you heard the news from CBS, NPR, PBS, Reuters. How would anybody, I I guess the most amazing thing to me is it's like Biden lives in a shell. He doesn't listen to anything outside of his little circle. He doesn't read anything other than what they give him, and certainly they're not giving him things that tell him facts. I don't think Joe Biden is stupid. I really don't. I think he has... Pretty bad common sense, my opinion now, and I'm basing that on what I see him do, not what he says that he's going to do. He had the kahunas in that announcement yesterday to tell everybody that was listening to it that those MAGA extremists, you if you're a conservative, you want to do away with Medicare. Social Security. He said that in his announcement. That's the only thing regarding any legislation, anything he mentioned 
Now, why would he say that? I don't know of a single Republican that's running for office at any level that wants to do away with Medicare. It's a dog whistle. It's a message to the hardcore leftist. Here's where we're going with this. When we were in Israel a couple of months ago, we were there 10 days. We did the show live from there for about 10 days. And Israel is an amazing nation. We hear about it historically. We've been through it. They've been through a lot. They're a huge ally for the U.S., a great partner to have trying to keep peace in the Middle East. Great leadership top to bottom. And they're not a bunch of people that just fall in line. They're thinkers. Interacting with a lot of Israeli citizens while we were there for those 10 days, I learned a lot about who they are and how they think. I said all that to tell you one thing. My wife and I, Marianne, we were together. And we both got some custom rings made while we were there. And it's it looks like a wedding band. We bro- we're both wearing it every day. And obviously mine's a lot bigger than hers. But there is a Hebrew sentence engraved on the top of both. And the reason I'm bringing that up is with all of this negativity that we're all seeing, we're immersed in it. I mean, nobody cannot be impacted by what this administration, what this president is doing, and what he's not doing. And incidentally, nobody on the planet is not impacted and affected by it. And so what happens in those things when something very important to you, it doesn't matter what it is, in your family, in your business, in your economy, your health, anything that happens, we're forced to deal with it some way. And i got to be honest with you, many people, the way they deal with it is to ignore it like it's not there. Why do we do that? It's called fear. We have fear, and we let fear come into our psyches, our minds, our thought processes. We don't know what's going to happen. It doesn't look good right now. The engraving on both of those rings is a phrase, and the phrase is, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Now, I can't read Hebrew when uh, the, the jeweler was in, in doing this and brought them to our hotel later on, several days later, and I looked at it. It looks cool in Hebrews, but I, I didn't know. It could, it could say something very ugly, and I wouldn't have known the difference. But we get on the plane. It was 13 hours flying from Tel Aviv to New York to catch our connection there to come home to Louisiana. And one of the flight attendants that was on that flight with us is Jewish. He had no idea who I was, who we were. And so I showed him this ring. I took it off and I I said, can you tell me what that says? 
it's Hebrew, right? And he said, yeah, it's Hebrew. And he, he just looked at it and he said, the best is yet to come. My friends, we need to all lock in on that. How do you do that if you have just swallowed fear It's dangerous for any of us to do that. We have an extended group of people that we interact with every day. They know when something's wrong. They know when you're afraid of something. They see the look. They understand. Many of them have the same feelings, and they don't know how to handle it. Many of us don't know how to handle it. Let me just say this. Find a way in your prayer closet driving down the road, turn the radio off and just talk to God. Talk to him like I'm talking to you now. Father, God, Jesus, I'm struggling with all this. And it's devouring me. Help me handle getting rid of this fear and trusting that you're still God Everything you gave to us, everything you told us, when you penned through the Holy Spirit, those 66 books in the Bible, it's all true. I believe it. I need you to help me handle this. And I'm going to trust you to help me know the difference between the wrong stuff and the right stuff. Now, you may say, I'm not a religious nut job. I'm not going to do that, Dan, just because you said it. That's a choice you make. If you're okay living where you are right now, mentally, emotionally, fine. If you're okay when you look around and, and you see your paycheck doesn't go nearly as far as it did three years ago. You have investments. You have retirements. There's something going on right now that impacts every one of us. If you're a Social Security person, a Medicare person, if you've got investment accounts, maybe retirement accounts, what this administration has done, let me just give you an example. The policies of Joe Biden and his administration, let me tell you how it has impacted your retirement funds. Where does that money go? It's taken out of your check. All those years I had Medicare and Social Security taken out of my check every paycheck. As an owner of a company, I had to match what every employee had taken out of their check. I had to send a matching amount every pay period to the government so that it could all be invested and be there for us when we retire. Social Security and Medicare, right? Since Joe Biden has been the president, the value of the stock market, the overall value of all the stock, all the investments that have been put in there, that are yours, it's down $800 billion in value. That doesn't really mean anything to you right now. Well, Dan, you know, I know the market's going up and down. I'm not going to retire for another 15, 20, 25 years. Okay. You're at a place where you can process it and handle it. If that is what you believe, lock in on it. 
But for the rest of us that are living in the factual world of today, fight fear, and you can't fight fear and win on your own. I promise you, you can't do it. You may put it in the back of your mind, which is the most dangerous thing to do. We must face facts. We have facts today that you and I share universally, individually. You have facts going on in your life that I don't share and vice versa. That's okay. We all have rights, our rights that are given to us by our Constitution and our God. They're there. We must claim them. If we do that and implement all of those rights in our minds and our hearts and protect them, we'll be okay. But if we let fear drown us, you're never going to make a good decision, a good choice when you make it based on fear. None of us will. It needs to be based on facts, real facts and information. And to do that, we've got to go find it. We have to confirm it, right or wrong. And don't look at this show. Don't look at what stories we publish and make those be the total source of your search for the right information, what to do, what not to do, what's good, what's bad. Your fellow Americans, along with me, don't trust what this administration has been doing, what they're doing today, and what they want to do tomorrow. What can we do about it? We have an election coming up. You're not sure? Maybe they fiddle with election results now. There's that uncertainty in the air. Dominion voting systems. One of the reasons they went after Fox News and Tucker Carlson was because of things that were exposed that they didn't want out there. Are they true? Are they not true? Do your own research. Come up with your own truth facts. Believe somebody, that's a choice you make. Make choices. Don't let fear drive your boat. Make choices. Get facts and do the right thing. Wow. Already we've heard from Joe Biden. We've heard from Donald Trump. You've heard from Dan Newman. Who's up next? Congressman Chip Roy. And he's going to talk to you and me, about one of the really important things, and that is this debt limit debacle that we're dealing with in Congress. And the war that's going on, it's actually one-sided. Joe Biden won't even go to the table and negotiate with Congress on the debt limit. But he's supposed to be the leader of the nation, taking care of business. Chip Roy weighs in on that right after this. Hi, this is Jack, founder of Jack in the Box. Is the caller there? Mr. Box, Douglas Gompertz from Burger Week magazine. Oh, hey, Doug. Doug's a respected fast food critic. I recently dined on your sourdough Jack combo. And? Perfection. The cheese, the jumbo patty, the golden sourdough bread, the French fries. Bravo. Well, thank you. However, I found the dessert a bit dry. It doesn't come with dessert. The candy, the 
white round candy with the happy face. Was it wearing a scarf? Yes, I believe it was. Rosy cheeks, fuzzy earmuffs? Yes, that's it. Douglas, you ate a holiday ball. <gasps> We're giving one away free to customers who buy a sourdough jack combo. But they're not for dessert. They're for antennas. Or a pencil. Right. Well, that's going to improve your score dramatically. Excellent. Howdy. The streamer here. You know, there's a place down yonder where three streams converge into one. It's where I saw the Mandalorian get himself into a space squabble. Watch me some UFC. And those folks from Modern Family had me cackling like a trout getting tickled. Well, that's a Disney bundle for you. It lets you stream Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for only $13.99 a month. The Disney bundle. It's streaming at its best. Includes Hulu ad-supported plan. Access content from each service separately. Terms apply. Visit the DisneyBundle.com for details. Little Caesar's Thin Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring 649 in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesar's. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesar's Large Thin Crust Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just 649 Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices at participating locations plus tax. Are you sure we should be out here? It's pretty cloudy. Come on, that'll pass. Really? I don't know. Yeah, That's just, just swing. I'm holding swing. a swing. <sighs> Bob? Whoa. Looks like someone could have used Yahoo OneSearch on his mobile phone. Try Yahoo OneSearch and get news, sports, even weather. Get better results. Text weather and your zip code to 92466. Be a better golfer. Yahoo! Standard carrier text messaging rates apply. Guardian of the Truth, Knight of the Republic, Speaker of the Facts, Dan Newman on TNN, the Truth News Network. Maybe that bump, you know, that nice, calm Bee Gees music will make us feel a little calmer, right? House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and other top House Republicans yesterday, they raced to lock down votes in the House for a legislative package that if it's passed, it'll raise the debt ceiling. But at the same time, it'll cut spending that they think will strengthen their negotiating position with Democrats as a standoff looms later this year. And the president, he places all the blame and he manufactures what's going on there, but it's not his fault. I mean, he's supposed to be the great negotiator 50 years in the Senate. He was the guy. He will not even sit down and have a conversation with the House Speaker. But he just keeps blaming those horrible MAGA extremists like you. (laughs) McCarthy hosted GOP members in the Speaker's office all day yesterday. All day. Tense talks continued between leadership and some members in the House from different factions who still remain noncommittal on or oppose that bill that's out there that has been crafted called the Limit, Save, Grow Act of 2023. Wait a minute. They're talking about the contents of a piece of legislation. They're getting together, spending all day having negotiations with each other. Wow, we don't do that anymore in Congress. Nobody goes to a committee hearing unless you're a a Republican. They're the only ones that call committee hearings anymore. 
Nancy Pelosi, every piece of legislation that was voted on in the House while she was House Speaker, not a single piece went through regular order. Not a committee, not a subcommittee. It was all crafted by people behind the scenes that are staff of legislators in the House. And they would roll it out to everybody in the House a few hours before the House Speaker would call a vote. That's the way Democrats have run Congress. And now every day, the Republican majority in the House, they're doing regular order. Legislation, it's being discussed with all the members. They have committees. They have subcommittees. You see, if you're a YouTube person, you see these Committees, subcommittees, you can watch the content of what goes on. Everything, appointments to every position that is opening and somebody needs to fill it. And it's an appointed position. This president appoints them. They go to a hearing and they get asked a bunch of questions. We Americans typically just live with the results of what Congress does. We're not even involved in the process anymore, at least under the Democrat manufactured way. McCarthy said, this week we'll pass a bill on the floor that will lift the debt ceiling, something the Senate has not done, something the president has not negotiated, and we'll send it over to the Senate. The speaker emphasized this bill is not the final package that Joe Biden will ultimately sign, but it's a negotiating tool. Go figure. Members of the Congress are negotiating with the president, or they're trying to, but he won't do it. This bill, McCarthy said, is to get us to the negotiating table. It's not the final provision. There's a number of members that are going to vote for it going forward and say they have concerns but they want to make sure the negotiation goes forward. Meanwhile, there's Joe Biden and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, both Democrats, of course. They're both continuing to refuse to work with the Speaker, and they instead are waiting, and they're hoping that House Republicans will fail to get a consensus on a solution ahead of the U.S. reaching its debt ceiling, that's going to happen sometime as early as this summer. The Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, have no confidence in her. She's been around at the top levels of our economic situation. Anyway, she's warned that if we cannot raise our borrowing limit in the U.S., an economic catastrophe will result. So what's Biden and Schumer? What are they doing? Well, they want to force the House Republicans at that point into supporting a clean, what they call a clean debt ceiling hike. That is, lifting the ceiling without any spending reductions that Republicans are aiming for. The White House is also, they've come out right and said Biden will veto the Republicans' proposed debt limit package, even if the Senate uh, passes it, and it goes to him to sign. But Republicans anticipate that uniting around the package, successfully passing it, will force Biden and Schumer to negotiate. 
Here's the problem. There's spending cuts in it. There's not a Democrat that breathes that wants to cut government spending. In fact, they are saying over and over again, they don't have enough money. And they want to raise taxes because of that. Do you realize that even in these economic conditions, the tax revenue of this government is higher than it has ever been? Americans and American corporations are paying more to the government than any previous citizen in the United States, owner of a company, has ever done. They don't want to tell you, we want to spend more money. They just now, they just go do it. And they do it with Joe Biden sitting down at a desk in the Rose Garden, a ceremonial signing of executive order after executive order after executive order. Chip Roy, I really like him. Never met him. A Republican from Texas in the House. He weighed in on this whole thing yesterday. Hi, Cannot this is agree. Jack, founder of Jack in the Box. Is the caller there? Increase Mr. Bob, debt without any assurance that steps will be taken to reduce the alarming increase in the deficits in the debt. Joe Biden, 1984, when the debt was one and a half trillion dollars. Heard a lot about the process. Make no mistake about it. As I think the chairman of Way has said and others, it'd be my strong preference for the provisions of this legislation that have not gone through committee to go through committee. That'd be my preference. What we have right now is a president of the United States that refuses to sit down and do anything serious about the debt ceiling at all. Gives vague notions of a, quote, clean debt ceiling, as if that's remotely responsible for the American people. We know full well it is not. It's a sham. So it is Republicans who are having to do the work that Democrats refuse to do. Period. Full stop. And when we are doing that, Yes, there are some bills that have not yet gone through committee, despite that having been my preference. But let's remember what the legislation is in front of us. The text of the bill has been available since last Wednesday, certainly publicly available since Friday, more than 72 hours per our rules. Of the 20 debt ceiling increases since 2000, only two have been reported out of committee. Not saying that's a good or, th- good or bad thing. I'm just saying those are the facts. H.R. 1 went through full regular order and is, in fact, passed off the House floor. The RAINS Act, which did not go to committee, and I would have preferred that it would have, passed this body with bipartisan support in 2017 in its current form. The spending repeals are effectively cuts, just straight-up clean cuts for the IRA, which, by the way, when we passed the IRA, there were 158 proxy votes jammed through in August when we were forced to fly back because the Speaker didn't give a damn about regular order or process. I had to leave for my vacation, come back and leave my family, whom I barely see, get on a flight and come here because I wasn't going to proxy vote. So I came up here, did my job, and voted against it. But there were 158 who did God knows what and didn't show up here to do their job. We passed the IRS repeal in January. It went through this floor. And we're repealing something that was in that IRA, which was passed with that awful process last August. The COVID funds are a simple, clean repeal which we've talked about and I'll come back to in a minute. The caps are simple. These are things we've done repeatedly. The work requirements are based on the 1996 welfare reforms that President Biden supported under President Clinton. He said then, the culture of welfare must be replaced with the culture of work. 
The culture of dependence must be replaced with the culture of self-sufficiency and personal responsibility, and the culture of permanence must no longer be a way of life. The fiscal year 23 omnibus was a $1.7 trillion bill that was a 4,100 pages long, released in the dead of night at 1.30 in the morning before the Senate voted and 226 members voted by proxy. It is under litigation now because of its dubious constitutionality. So I don't want to hear people crying me a river about process. Because what we're talking about is undoing the damage of an irresponsible Democratic House of Representatives that jammed through legislation without a wit's concern for those of us who were trying to have a say in what it was. This legislation is available. There is hardly anything new in it. And if you don't like the cuts, vote against the cuts. And that's fine. But what we're trying to do is return this to the American people. Our options in front of us are pretty simple. You can tax. Lord knows my colleagues on the other side of the aisle would love to tax more. Borrow. Print money. While pretending they're saying that it's borrowing. Or we deal with discretionary spending or mandatory spending. Those are our options. My colleagues on the other side of the aisle would like to tax more. Well, guess what? Right now, we're at 19.6% of GDP in tax revenue. Only three times in history has it been that high. Right now, 2000 at the end of the dot-com boom, after Republican control helped create an environment where we were constraining spending, create economic growth, and President Clinton worked with us to do it, and World War II, three times where revenue has been where it is today. Yet my colleagues on the other side of the aisle say we have a revenue problem. Bull. They think we have a revenue problem because they think government creates jobs. It doesn't. People create jobs. Small businesses create jobs. Big businesses create jobs. Government does not create jobs. And at 19.6% revenue, I don't know why we would be saying we need more taxes for more revenue other than the irresponsibility of a government out of control spending money we don't have. That's the actual fact. You just heard Chip Roy in that conversation in Kevin McCarthy's office yesterday with a bunch of fellow legislators, and you heard him speaking facts. Congress has been feckless under the Democrats, under Nancy Pelosi as House Speaker. Change has got to happen. James Clyburn, you know him, African-American. He's a very big heavyweight in the Democrat Party in South Carolina. He stated that he's sure President Biden is going to invite House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to iron out a deal on the debt ceiling. And what Clyburn said, this is a quote, explains a lot. When Biden thinks it's the proper time to do it. He said the president's job is to maintain security for this country. Nothing is more a part of security than maintaining the good faith and credit of the United States of America. He's not going to do anything to jeopardize that. And I don't see why McCarthy won't join him in that. If you want to talk about spending, there's a time to talk about that. We've got to do a budget. Let's talk about what you cut and what you may want to see increased. But do not run the risk of undermining the good faith and credit of the United States of America. Because these are debts that have already been incurred, and we've got to pay our bills. Kristen Welker was the host of that show. She asked Clyburn, I hear what you're saying, but Congressman, given that 
Should President Biden invite Speaker McCarthy to the White House to hash out a deal and to get this done? Clyburn. Well, I'm sure he will when he thinks it's the proper time to do it. Yeah. Maybe what Clyburn said about Biden there explains why so many Americans want Joe Biden gone. Why more than half of the people that voted for Joe Biden are saying now they want him not to run again. They want him gone. Does anybody in the Democrat Party, does anybody at the White House, do they listen to the American people? Does anybody do that? Do you ever hear any facts, I mean real facts, coming from Corrine Jean-Pierre at these press briefings, daily press briefings in the White House? She's little more than a puppet for this garbage that the Democrats are spewing and spitting out there. It's so prevalent, guess what happened? (laughs) Republicans are rolling out a website to fact-check Joe Biden's lies. I'm not joking. It's already in existence. So then this is a good idea, Joe Concha, to have a fact-check Biden website. Joe Bulldog Biden. Can't you see that nickname just popping off? Exactly, because, Maria, this is a president who claimed that inflation was this high when he took office. No, it was 1.4%, as you just showed. It's still three times as high now. This is a president who has claimed that Republicans want to defund the police, where, no, there's not one Republican on record remotely saying anything close to that. And then, regarding the border, he says that he inherited this problem from Donald Trump. But at last check, there weren't 100 182 people that were on the FBI watch list that were arrested under Trump that were arrested under Biden as far as crossing over the border and all obviously all that fentanyl that you've reported on from the border coming over here as well. But nope, that was Trump's fault. So the buck never stops with this president. It goes back to his predecessor. It goes back to his predecessor. You know why these people do these things? why they don't do the things that they should in many cases, but why they make these bad choices that impact you and I directly, in some cases indirectly in every case. You know why they do it? Because they get away with it. They're not being held accountable. Who holds them accountable? The American people, you and I. Do we make our voices heard? Several ways we can do that. We can go to town halls. We can send letters. We can send emails. We can make phone calls. It takes a little time and effort to do those things, doesn't it? But you know what? If we're not willing to do those few things and make sure our lawmakers know, hey, this is what we feel about this issue and that issue, we are so busy as Americans that we just don't take the time. And because of that, honestly, when all this stuff begins to happen and we see our paychecks buy less, Gas is skyrocketing one more time, and it's directly the responsibility of the actions taken by our current president. He's not being held accountable, or if he is, he doesn't know it. He's just doing what he's supposed to do, what he said he was going to do. All of those egregious far-left policies, they are doing exactly what those on the right said they would do if they were ever implemented. And who in their right mind thought 
that in just a little more than two years, Joe Biden and his policies, they're probably not his policies, but whoever's pulling the strings, those policies would do the damage that we are living through right now, and it's only going to get worse. Who thought about that? We knew when Joe Biden won, when we got the announcement that he was elected and would be the next president. We all tried to forget about anything and just kind of, I'm going to live through it. (laughs) That's what we're doing now. In two years, it's come to where we are. What do you think it's going to look like in November in 2024 if this crap continues? Real truth, real news, TNN, the Truth News Network. Summer seems even brighter when you've been inside a while. It's time to drive again with Honda, KBB.com's 2020 Best Value Brand. You could get a great deal on the 2020 Passport or 2020 Pilot, with financing as low as 0.9% APR on select models. Visit the Honda Summer Clearance Event today. For well-qualified buyers, see dealer for financing details based on 2020 brand image or from Kelly Blue Book. Visit KBB.com for more information. New Dunkin' Refreshers. Vibrant fruit flavors like strawberry dragon fruit and peach passion fruit. B vitamins and energy from green tea. All under 200 calories. Order ahead via the Dunkin' app for contactless way to order, pay, and pick up in the drive-thru. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. The advanced surgeons at the Center for Innovative GYN Care look beyond quick fixes like birth control to help their patients find the best treatment options for complex GYN conditions. My name is Sakina, and I had the CIGC groundbreaking minimally invasive hysterectomy. I got back to my life in a week with only two small incisions and minimal scarring. Discover the CIGC difference with offices in Midtown Manhattan and Montclair, New Jersey. Telemedicine appointments are also available. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. Hi, Tom Bodette. Motel 6's new improved website lets you book a room and save more for what you travel for faster than ever. Even faster than you can find your keys, which you swore were right on the little hooky thing by the garage door where they always are, and we can land a robot on a comet, but we can't keep keys from disappearing. Oh, here they are. Left them in my jacket. Don't you hate that? I'm Tom Bodette for the new improved Motel6.com, and we'll leave the light on for you. In a world of fake news, the truth will out. Truthnewsnet.org. Again, Dan Newman. Do you wonder how people out there in the media, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the people that we see, the cameras on them, they're part of a news broadcast or they're a uh, uh, doing a show like happens late night on all the cable networks. Have you ever wondered how they feel? Is what they're saying, especially those on the left, people in MSNBC and CNN, do you think that what they're saying, what we see and hear, do you think they really believe it? I ask myself that question over and over again. I got to be honest with you. What I, I got to stop saying that. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm honest with you all the time. Anyway, in reality, and I want to be conf- I want to confess to you, I almost daily I do a scan of what's going on in the daytime talk shows at MSNBC and CNN, and then I do the same thing at night. I just do the whole spectrum: Fox, Newsmax, 
CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, and NBC News. I do that because I want to get a flavor of in the context of what happens every day of what and how the media are portraying it. And of course, I guess the biggest thing I do here this time consuming is research. Ask my wife. It's a two-hour live show. Two hours. Everything you hear takes about an hour to put together every day. But the big time-consuming part of it is digging. Taking the things that are thrown out there in the media marketplace and filtering through to find the ones that are the most important to you that we can talk about and to throw the other ones away or to come here and, and, and tell you, don't believe this. This is what they're saying. It's not true. We verified it. Here is really what's going on. It takes a long time. But you know what? In this process, what comes out of it for me, I get a feeling of sense of knowing instead of having that fear thing up there that just keeps kind of coming in, sneaking in, trying to take over my mind. I bet you do the same thing. It's part of the process. It's part of the process. And I I, I was watching, I, I, I'm going to this particular point. I was watching yesterday conversations between some people that are on cable news. Chuck Todd, honestly, you see him all the time. I do too. He uh, he pops up on that, that network, MSNBC, quite often. I saw him in a conversation about Joe Biden and his campaign announcement and what people are really feeling. People being voters, Americans, what they think about, they really think about. You heard the polling. We told you what was there, but what do the American people in large think about Donald Trump and Joe Biden and about Joe Biden going to run again. Chuck Todd, Dave Rubin on his show yesterday, he broke some of this down. I want you to listen to Rubin and here's Chuck Todd too. Now let's talk about presidential politics because as Bloomberg reported yesterday, Joe Biden officially launches bid for re-election in 2024. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. Joe Biden will be 82 years old in 2024. Joe Biden has some form of dementia or some other cognitive problem. Uh, Dr. Jill Biden, his wife, does not care, despite the fact that she's a very important and very influential doctor. And Joe Biden is basically the perfect vessel for all these ridiculous uh, woke ideas. That's all he is. He is just a sort of brainless, 
swamp creature zombie who puts out whatever, reads whatever they want him to read, often poorly, mumbles and stumbles. He has no real support. He's sort of just perfect for what they are ushering in. But what's interesting about this is everyone kind of knows it. There are very few hardcore Joe Biden supporters. The voter market, if you want to talk about the market and market share related to beer, related to what people watch, well, how about related to voting too? The market does not want him to run. Uh, so let's not give it to him. Here's Chuck Todd on NBC, even admitting that most people do not want Joe Biden's run. More than half of the people who voted for him in 2020. 53% of 2020 Biden voters say he shouldn't run. 64% of Democrats who voted for Sanders or Warren in the 2020 primaries think he shouldn't run. And 76% of voters under 35 think he shouldn't run. And what's the top concern for that? We asked voters. We didn't prompt them. We said, why don't you think he should run? Well, these were the responses. It almost is all about his age and his ability to do the job. Again, these are among Democratic primary voters. I want to just hit something again about the age because this is just going to keep coming up and keep coming up. I do generally believe that at 82 years old, uh, you should not be president of the United States. Like, it's just time to go be a grandfather, not that those grandchildren want to be near him with the sniffing of the hair and all that stuff. Uh, but like, it's just too old. But I would also say in the world that we live in now, where the last 20 years have, have been an absolute revolution of technology and information and communication, the idea that Joe Biden is going to lead us to the other side of that is so stagnated and so crazy and so it's such a broken, nonsensical idea that, again, I think it's perfect for the Democrats because they don't want the new world to be ushered in. They want a world to be ushered in that will be of more centralized control and of more power over your decisions and much more. Uh, but it is not specifically about his age. And I just do want to say that one more time. My problem with Joe Biden, it really isn't, despite, I think you can make an, a good argument about that, right? He grew up in a completely different world. We need leaders who are somewhere in their 40s and 50s, even into their 60s right now. It's interesting to get perspective from those that live in a different world than us. I mean, Dave Rubin, um, he's one of the big podcasters, one of the biggest, has a very successful show. And he's a conservative. By the way, just so you know, he's gay. He has a male wife, and they've adopted several kids. What you just heard and what you hear coming out of Dave Rubin, it doesn't matter what his sexual preference is. Facts are facts, and even he gets it. <laughs> Our president? Oh, my gosh. So let me tell you what's coming down the pipe. Digital currency is coming. It's already out there. It's been out there for years. Bitcoin was the first big one. There are a bunch of them out there. We t we've talked about it, but let me tell you what's going to happen. If Joe Biden gets reelected, and it may happen before that 2024 election, we are going to be ushered into a world of digital currency here in the United States. And why would they do that? For control. For control. They're going to use a digital dollar for control. So here's how you need to think about it. Now, let me just say this. 
digital dollar cryptocurrency, the right ones in the right framework. Forget about FTX and all that debacle. That had nothing to do with cryptocurrency. It had to do with the fact that Sam Brinkman Freed, I think I got his name right, he had a crypto exchange. FTX was not a cryptocurrency. So it's like a stockbroker, like Merrill Lynch. You open a Merrill Lynch account and you put money in your account and you tell your broker at your stockbroker firm, Merrill Lynch, hey, what do you think I ought to buy with this? And they buy stock or they buy uh, and trade uh, all kinds of things within your account. That's what FTX did. What Sam Brinkman Freed did, he accessed illegally the funds that a lot of people deposited in their crypto account. The crypto coins weren't even part of the conversation. They were used illegally, unethically, for personal gain, and he was taking all of that out of people's accounts. Real cryptocurrency doesn't work like stock brokerage. It shouldn't. It's very individual and very safe. When you buy cryptocurrency, it goes into a wallet, they call it, online wallet that's yours. And it's very, very secure. In fact, let me give you some examples. If you have a wallet, you open an account, a wallet, And it's not an account like stock brokerage. It is specifically yours. Nobody can even look at it, know anything about it, unless you give them access to do so. And so all of your transactions are totally secure as long as you don't allow someone access into your crypto wallet. So how do we we deal with what's coming down the pipe? Well, let me explain. I'm trying to explain it as simple as possible. Okay. So imagine the potential for the U.S. government, if the U.S. government, and they are, coming out with a crypto dollar, a digital dollar. Imagine what the government is going to be able to do. Now, here's how it will work differently from a, regular old crypto wallet that you open and you buy and put your cryptocurrency in your wallet. They're going to have access to look and see and know what Americans put in their digital dollar, whatever they're going to call it, U.S. digital dollar, put in your crypto account. You're going to open the account with them. It's going to be like your Medicare Social Security account. It's yours, but they're going to be able to look in and see what's in there. Well, that's no big deal, right? It is a big deal. With a digital dollar that's going to be proposed, and Biden's already talking about it, they will be able to uh, ban you from buying tickets. What tickets? Any tickets. They can come up with an excuse like, Oh, you're a big polluter. Green energy kind of stuff. If they set it up and have that as a condition built into how people are going to be able to use their digital dollar, you can't do this, you can't buy this, 
because yada, yada, yada. This would happen automatically because the digital dollar, the U.S. digital dollar, would be coded to stop working if you try to purchase anything under certain circumstances, kind of like buying a handgun. Oh, Walmart, any other big box store or somebody that sells guns, Walmart stopped selling guns, I understand, but you go in to buy a handgun and you do the, you know, you fill out the ATF form and they send it in. You go back up to the counter 30 minutes later to finish the deal and take your gun and they say, I'm sorry, your purchase has been rejected by the federal government. Well, why? Because you're not qualified to own a weapon. They have problems with you. You need to contact the ATF. That's just one example. Right now, right now today, Biden has a puppet master, finance puppet master, that has been and is working with big banks to come up with a digital currency that will eventually replace the dollar, but when it's issued, it'll have both of them still in work, working for a while. So think about this. Scenario involving gas-powered cars. What if they could make your digital dollar stop working at the gas pump once you've purchased a certain amount of gasoline in a week or so? In other words, they could have complete control over what kind of car you're allowed to drive. Like doing away with gas-powered cars and forcing us to go all electric. They could also decide what kind of food you're allowed to eat. The puppet master thinks meat is bad for the environment. With the digital dollar, they could ban or limit your purchases of red meat, all for the greater good. And it's not all about climate change. Once they flip the switch on the digital dollar, they could control every aspect of your life. Not trying to scare you. I'm trying to warn you. Dunstan Teo has been on this show four times. I had a conversation with him uh, Monday. He is the world's foremost cryptocurrency person. He's a great Christian man. He's from Singapore. In fact, I talked to him. He's back, he lives in Orlando now. He moved his family to the United States a year or two ago. But he is in Singapore right now in business. I talked to him when he was there. And we have talked ad nauseum, he and I, about cryptocurrency, digital currency, what's going on. Last week, I told you that the International Monetary Fund and also the European Union, one Thursday, one Friday, they announced they're creating their own crypto dollar or whatever they want to call it, but it's a cryptocurrency. And they are going to push it out across their nations and they will be able to, because it's digital, and it is a currency that they are recreating as a government, their citizens are just going to say, hey, great, you know, I like to do a lot of stuff online. I don't like dealing with you know, dollars and cents and pounds and sterling and all those kinds of things, euros. It's complicated. So it'll all be digital. You just do it on your phone. 
or card or however. Control is the key. I'm not trying to scare you. Talking to Dunstan Teo and coming up with the reality of how do I handle this? What should I do? I mean, I don't know anybody in Shreveport, Louisiana, any business that accepts Bitcoin or any other crypto coin to pay for anything. Go to the grocery store. Can't do it. Here's what he advised me to do personally. He said, you need to somehow get to a point where all the money you make, you split it up. And a certain percentage, you put it into your crypto wallet. Not open up and be involved in an exchange like a stock brokerage firm. Yours that you control. Let me give you an example. My wallet, it has a security feature built in and guess what it is. When I opened it, I got a list of 12 words, 12. And I had to record those. And I have those 12 words just as they came. I have them securely kept in several different locations in case somehow my account gets, I mess it up. I go to log in and I put in the wrong stuff and I need to re-log in. I can go get those. Each word, when it's time to log in, not every time you log in, but when you set it up, each of those 12 words is listed in columns. When you log in with them, you have to do the words in the exact order that they're listed on this column, the exact spelling of each word. The only way anybody would ever have access to even see what's in your wallet, your crypto wallet, is if you give them those 12 words. Now, could somebody do that? Somebody could break into my house and put a gun to my head and tell me if you don't give me access to your crypto wallet, I'm going to kill your wife. Yeah, they could get access to it. But still, I would have to tell them, give them access. The reason that the government's of the European Union, the International Monetary Fund, and Joe Biden's America, the reason they're now going to digital dollar is they know crypto is a huge part of the economics of the world that's coming. They want to stop Americans. The EU wants to stop People, citizens in the European Union, the International Monetary Fund, they work with countries all over the world. They want everybody in their purview, the ones that are citizens of their organizations and what they do, the IMF internationally, they want everybody dependent upon them to use the digital currency that they create. You open your wallet with them and it would be just like Sam Friedman did with FTX. Once they control and can see and can make determinations on their own about what's acceptable and what's not, they can control us. How long is it going to take for this to come? It's on its way right now. You can go to Dallas and Fort Worth. And you can buy a car with a cryptocurrency account wallet. 
There are dealerships there that now accept it. You can go to New York City. You can go to Chicago and Los Angeles. They have crypto coin ATM machines. It's coming, folks. It's coming. In the coming days and weeks, we will provide information to you. We will point you to places where you can go learn about it and get some advice. And the places you'll be pointed to are groups of Christians, of people that understand our government, and it's not just ours, every government on the planet is very surreptitiously taking control of all of the important lives of the nation's citizens in every way they can. Can't do that. They can't do that if they don't have control of your money, access to be able to tell you what you can and what you can't do. If we do this right, we're going to be okay. Dunstan said, Dan, you need to you need to somehow, over a period of time, come to a point where you have a percentage of every bit of money you get every month. You put it in cryptocurrency in your wallet. And use the rest of it as you're using it now, fiat dollars, because Kroger doesn't take crypto. Walmart doesn't take crypto. They eventually will, but they're not doing that right now. But you need to keep as much as you can do. Keep it in a situation, in a place where only you can access it, even just to look at and see what's there, let alone use it to run the economic issues in your life. This is a strange show today, no question about it, but we're at a place as a nation where top-down authoritarian policies are being shoved in our faces and not even being told that they are authoritarian. They are specifically to make government bigger, make government more powerful, and give government more control over us. It's spooky. But it is happening. It has been building and growing for years. And with this administration, they're getting no pushback. In fact, this administration and the people in it are part of it. They can't do it unless we, the people, let them do it. Just saying. I want you to make choices in your life, educated choices. You hear facts. I challenge you to go challenge me, what you've heard me say. Make decisions that are best for you, but make decisions 100% based on the facts that you verify yourself. Don't miss our iHeartRadio at-home session with Jesse McCartney. Presented by Hellman's. An exclusive and intimate performance. So beautiful, so at a time when we're craving live music. Watch Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on iHeartRadio's YouTube. Missing that restaurant flavor at home this summer? Hellman's is bringing crave-worthy flavors to you. Serving up new drizzle sauces that you can put on pretty much anything. With flavors like cilantro lime, roasted garlic, and creamy chili honey. You can drizzle, dip, and dress to make home the best restaurant around. 
Welcome back to the King Value Radio Network. I'm your host, Sandy. And I'm your other host, Carl. Sandy, we are getting loads of calls today about the fresh new $1 Double Crispy Cheesy Burger. Well, hello. With two flame-broiled patties, crispy onions, and cheesy sauce for only a buck, that's no surprise. Jim from Tucson, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, guys. I just want to say I took your advice. Went to Burger King. I got a new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger for a buck. I couldn't be happier. Oh, congratulations. Say, Jim, what was your favorite part of the delicious new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger, the Flame Fresh Taste? Well, I'll tell you, it had two big flame-broiled patties, plus it had crispy onions and cheesy sauce, too. It was really delicious. Oh, don't forget the price, Jim. Oh, yeah, and it only costs a dollar. It's probably the best purchase I ever made. Probably, Jim. Okay, definitely. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Get the new Double Crispy Cheesy Burger with double the Flame Fresh Taste. Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org. I love good music and different kinds of music. We played a country song to open the show today. You just heard that song from the 70s, Doobie Brothers and China Grove. I just like music. It gives me a, a little sense of peace, and I listen to it a lot. What's your favorite music, Dan? Uh-oh. I'm going to be honest with you. There I said I'm going to be honest with you. That time I said it because I'm really... I'm really going to tell you the truth. I'm a smooth jazz guy. I just like it. It relaxes me. Watercolors in my car and here at the house, in the studio. It's my favorite music to listen to. Who's your favorite smooth jazz artist, Dan, for years and years and years? his name He's probably somebody you don't even know. Michael Franks. Lives up in the Northeast, writes a lot of music. He's had several top 40 hits through his career, but that's not his audience. His audience is people like me that just like smooth jazz. <laughs> when I was in Indianapolis, was up there working at WTPI at a smooth jazz show in the evening, and I, I did afternoon drive, so uh, there was a, a girl, a woman, that did the night the evening show I was through with mine at 7, and I always look forward to getting in my car and driving home and listening to her and her smooth jazz show. WTPI is the station. It's still there in Indianapolis, and uh, they play a little a little more um, top 40 stuff now. The last time I was up that way, I, I listened in. Um, but this, I, I'm going to tell you, this is what they're promo line was that every one of the announcers on the station we we talked about what we are and here was the here was the line come on up all the way up to the soft side 
of the FM dial, 107.9 WTPI, and then launch right into a smooth jazz song. I just like smooth jazz. It gives me some peace, and quite honestly, I think we all need a little bit of that right now. You too. If it's not smooth jazz, if you like country, if you like uh, hard rock, if you like rap, I don't care what it is. Find a place sometimes where you can just, for a few minutes, not think about all the bad stuff going on. Talking about Fox News this week, everybody is, and what what happened there. Dan Bongino leaves a week ago. Tucker Carlson, the number one revenue producer for Fox, we find out Monday morning he's gone. Guess what's happened economically? For corporations, their stock is the big deal, and the value of their stock is a really big deal. Every corporation, every public traded corporation, they want the value of their companies to go up, which makes their stock price go up. Well, for Fox, their stock plunged by more than 5% on Monday. That, of course, coincides with Tucker Carlson's surprise exit. It was announced Monday. And that initially wiped out, listen to this, $1 billion of Fox Corporation's market value. How did this happen? Well, if you combine Fox's Class A and Class B shares of stock, the company saw $900 million wiped off its market value. By late afternoon trading Monday, its Class B shares were down 3.3%, which is like a loss of about $650 million of shareholder value. It's recovered a bit during the week. Shares of the company somewhat went up, but are currently trading at $29.72 a share. That's down about 1%. Market cap is now $16.69 billion. That's down a billion dollars prior to the announcement. Tucker's been Fox's most popular individual host, and his program, Tucker Carlson Tonight, was among the most popular across all of cable television. Almost every night, He had 3 million people watching his show. 3 million. In March, his show beat a string of competitors that included CNN, MSNBC, and it drew the highest audience on cable television, Tucker Carlson Tonight, averaging 3.25 million viewers per show. And that's not Fox's numbers, that's Nielsen. This drop in stock price came after Fox on April 24th confirmed they said they had parted ways with Tucker Carlson. And still today, here we are Wednesday, haven't heard a word from Tucker. 60, excuse me, $78 million of advertising revenue in 2022 alone came from the Tucker Carlson show. Tucker Carlson tonight. There must have really been something going on for Fox to do that. It's hard for anybody to walk away from $78 million in advertising, and I don't know they'll lose it all. What Fox has done is they're putting temporary guests in for that show while they figure out what they're going to do permanently. Brian Kilmeade was on last night in the Tucker spot, and uh, the night before, I believe, 
well, I don't know. I, I, I do know I, I saw a few minutes of the morning show on Fox this morning, and, and uh, Kilmeade said he was going to be hosting on Tucker's show tonight. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but it'll never be the same. Follow the money is something you hear me say all the time, and I can't see how Fox would do anything that would hurt it like that is going to hurt them. But we don't know what all the inner workings are. We just don't have any idea. What else is going on in our nation? I'm sure you know there's a lot of other stuff going on. Do you know there's some places where the economy is really good in the United States? We hardly ever hear about them. Why is that? It's not California. It's not New York. It's not Texas. It's not Illinois. And it's not Florida. Guess where it is? South Dakota. And when I say the economy in uh, South Dakota is good, it's not just good. It's really good. How good is it? Last night, Sean Hannity had Christy Nome on with him. Christy Nome is the, I'll go ahead and say it, one of the most beautiful people in politics. She's the governor of South Dakota. And listen to what she tells Sean Hannity is going on economically in her state. Look at this. South Dakota, shining example of what good leadership can do. The state is now home to the lowest unemployment rate in American history. Anyway, joining us now is South Dakota Governor Christy Noma is with us. Governor, I mean, you, I, not, not only do you have the lowest unemployment rate of any state in history, but my understanding is you have 25,000 job openings that may or may not require a license or any specific skill set. Is that true? It is true, and we have people that are interested in moving to South Dakota to fill those jobs. And we've done incredible work to have all licensing reciprocity. So if someone wants to move to South Dakota, needs a license to practice, we will recognize that license no matter what state they come from. Today I announced a historic investment in apprenticeship programs. We will train teachers in the classroom to be teachers, train plumbers on the job, electricians, barbers, cosmetologists, whatever requires a license, you can earn a wage while you get that license and further your career. And Sean, what South Dakota is doing is incredible in spite of the headwinds that President Biden and his administration are sending our way. We are being innovative, and it's because we've given our people the freedom to make decisions for themselves. And when they bring us big ideas, we go after them and make them happen here. Let me let me make sure I understand this. So if you have a medical license in another state, you can move to South Dakota and it would be valid there or a nursing license or any license at all. Immediately, immediately. In fact, That's we think great. we have uh, three thousand. Yeah, three thousand jobs immediately that would be filled today if people decided to move here. We have actually gone out and identified people across this country that are interested in moving to South Dakota uh, to fill these open jobs. And we're talking to them about housing, the school system they would like, the community they'd like to be a part of, and specifically individually recruiting them to come fill our jobs that we have open. Because frankly, Sean, the state that has the workers, the people that get up every day and go fill these positions and allow our businesses to be successful. Well, that's the state that's going to win. And our state has been winning for years since I've been governor. We're going to continue to do so and set an example for the country. You know, there was a period of time in North Dakota where they were paying people to train them to drive a truck because of the in the energy sector. 
and they would train them, they would house them, and they would make an average of about 100, 125 grand a year. Uh, many people that were making 35, 40, 50 grand a year you know, moved to North Dakota and they started making real money and all the overtime they could handle. And those people were then able to save money, buy a house, get a mm -hmm. get a new truck, get a new car, get whatever they wanted. And it literally transformed their lives. So mm -hmm. it seems like some states get it and then other states don't get it. Um, I don't understand the states with heavy regulation and high taxes. Um, I guess that's why people leave in those states. Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly right. You know, here in our state, incomes are going up faster than anywhere else in the country. And this year, we didn't raise taxes, we cut them. And we don't have an income tax. We don't have a personal property tax. We have a sales tax that was at four and a half cents uh, per dollar. We have cut that down to 4.2 and we cut the unemployment tax and saved millions of dollars out of our taxpayers' and businesses' pockets. So we're looking for opportunities to let people keep their money. Uh, let them use it in the best way to help their family. They're thriving because of it. Uh, Joe Biden's announcement video was one of the weirdest things that I've ever seen uh, as far as talking about it was freedom odd. and lack of vision. Uh, I was looking at that thinking, what does this guy define as freedom? And if people really want to see it, they need to come visit us in South Dakota. In fact, just pack up and move because you're going to want to stay here. Have you ever been to South Dakota? I'm not laughing at the state. i got to be honest with you. I've been there several times, and every time I've been there, it's been on the back of a Harley-Davidson motorcycle. One of the most beautiful places up in the Northwest, the north-central Northwest, to ride. The state's up there around South Dakota, and specifically the part of South Dakota that's on the southwest side, it's spectacular. I mean, green, green, green everywhere. Grass year-round. They have that winter grass, that blue Kentucky grass. And the way they've done their roads in the, the Black Hills, there are small mountains, Black Hills. The way they've done their roads, sweeping, slow, wide, easy curves along rivers running around their, uh, alongside their, their roads up there. And there's a lot there. Obviously, the economy's pretty darn good up there. It gets cold. <laughs> Every time I've been there, it's been in the late summer. And at night, it gets really cold. Last time I was up there, I stayed in Lead, L-E-A-D, like lead. Lead, South Dakota. And I stayed in a small house with several other motorcycle riders. We were up there. And it had a, uh, a hot tub on the front porch. And, of course, the way my sleep cycle works, I wake up almost automatically at a certain time early every morning. And it's, a, it's in a different time zone. It's in the mountain time zone, so there's an hour difference there. And I would wake up. Now, this is in August. I'd wake up, and I'd look outside, so pretty out there, and I'd go out on the front porch and get in that hot tub and read for about an hour. Read the paper, look at what's online, catching up with news, important things, etc. And it was freaking cold outside. I guess that doesn't have anything to do with what we just heard the governor saying, other than it's not bad everywhere in the United States. It's not. It's really, really good 
in states across the nation. You know why? Where government gets out of people's lives, where they withdraw their egregious lockdowns and policies and rules and taxes and just let the people do what the people of the United States are good at doing, being free, pursuing their ideals, working in a real atmosphere of equality where in this nation, everybody's promised you get an equal chance to achieve, to do whatever you want to do, become whatever you want to become, and big government is not stepping in to take those away from us. Like in South Dakota, like in Florida, like in Texas. I can name a few other states that have realized government is not the answer. Big government doesn't fix anything. It doesn't. But what it does, it takes those states and ultimately the United States of America down the authoritarian road towards Big, consuming, all-consuming government. I'm not ringing an alarm bell. Every one of you know that. Everybody has a chance to succeed. They really do. And sometimes good ideas just don't work. Example, Bed Bath & Beyond. Have you noticed? They all just begin to disappear. Now, I'm a guy. I liked going shopping at Bed Bath & Beyond. You know, up front of their stores, they have this whole section that it's, it's a lot of little gadgets, and it's not trinkets and junk. I like to go look at those things while Marianne is going through the back of the store looking for towels or changing bedding, a bunch of different things, pillows, sheets, you name it, things for the kitchen. We've got a lot of stuff through the years that we've bought from Bed Bath & Beyond. 360 Bed Bath & Beyond stores have closed. What happened? The chain, the corporation, spent massive amounts of money buying back its own shares. According to CNN, they closed 360 stores with its most consequential failure being $11.8 billion that they spent since 2004 buying back their own shares of stock. Bed Bath & Beyond accelerated that stock repurchase thing in 2014. They took on a $2 billion debt to finance those buybacks as they started to face pressure from activist shareholders to improve the performance of its stock. They hardly had any debt at all in its history until that year, and it put Bed Bath & Beyond on a path toward debt that ultimately proved unaffordable for them. They couldn't even pay the bills. The repurchasing of shares, so you understand, that's a way for companies to return cash to the shareholders indirectly without having to pay taxes like they would on a stock dividend. The purpose is to reduce the number of shares that are out there to make each remaining share of stock in the hands of investors makes it worth more. 
Companies often face pressure from markets to repurchase shares, notably from these activist shareholders, investors that come in, and they only come in not because they like the store or whatever. They want it to make money so they can make money on their stock. We understand they have the equity shareholders to serve. Generally, we would prefer to use their cash flow to invest back in the business. That's Sarah Wyeth, the lead credit analyst for the consumer and retail sectors for Standards & Poor. Even M&A would be less risky than a straight share repurchase. I'm telling you this to point something out. Not everybody in business, big business, makes good choices for their stockholders. It doesn't always work out. In fact, when you make bad choices, usually bad things happen. <laughs> That's just the way life works. It's not just in business. And we've all got to learn how to do that and be careful when we make any choice. God, we talked about stock stuff this morning and value far too much. So why don't we do this right now? Let's do what I like to do. We're going to leave today with a really good one. I will see you tomorrow.